Well, well hey, hey, howdy, hey. Welcome, welcome to, to the Texas State. We are actually back. Yeah, had to, uh, had had to do what, a two false start. Yeah, the the mics. Um, these mics are really convenient when you're not. Our home base is kind of destroyed at the moment, but uh, they're really handy when you're out and about. But there's no there's no software. It's plug and play. Mm-hmm. And so you plug it into the phone. It does its own thing. Uh, I guess we just discovered it doesn't do its own thing. <laughs> no. If uh, your Bluetooth is off. Your Bluetooth is off. Is right. Um, which I, you know, it makes sense mm-hmm. when you think about it. Um, so yeah, had to do that. Yeah, a first times. we were passing out the mics, and I was like, "Oh, hey, mine is the uh, red and green blinky." Berg was like, "Blinky should be okay." I was like, "Oh, okay." And so then we recorded, and I was like, "Wait a minute." No, he was like, "Wait a minute, blinky, hold on." I'm going to turn this one off. We'll, we'll start that one over again. We listened to it, and it recorded. And we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess Blinky is good. Or, or, or okay, anyway. So then we started again. I looked at mine, and I was like, mine's not blinking at all. I think it's dead. And Brig was like, well, that's definitely not right. So we stopped that again. <laughs> and then Brig was like, oh, my Bluetooth is off. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So now we're back. We got the good green light. So I guess light. it blinks long enough to tell you that you're yeah, you yeah. Know, a goofball. And then we've got the off. green light of go. And so now we are we're rolling. So anyway, I'm munching on popcorn. Brig politely declined, which is surprising to me. But that's okay because I get all of it. So. Oh, well, please for popcorn. I'll take a little bit of popcorn. Hey, my man. It's good, right? That's good. Yeah, and it salted it more than it needed to be. And there's a little pile at the bottom of salt. Oh, really? The piece that, well, well you need to shake it up because the piece I got was no salt. Oh, yeah? Well, you're welcome to it keep was, trying until you get some salt. It was a saltless piece. Oh. Well, you need to attack it and make sure that it's assaulted. Ah! Well played. All right, so I, I, I have popcorn and cigars, and Brig had a story that he was telling, and he's about to pull the story out of a... A brown paper bag. So we where uh, a lot of stories start. Yeah. Well, they don't generally start with salad, so. No. Um, anyway, Drew, my real estate agent, took us out to um, a winery because he discovered that I like wine. And I don't know if that's a good, it was a good thing today, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I definitely like wine and I like going to wineries, uh, but he may have started something because now I know where that place is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's out in... I think it's technically Hendersonville. Okay. It's, it's far out. And uh, it's on the, the top of a mountain. So you get to the top where their actual winery is, and you have 360 views. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, and the, on the way up, you actually drive through the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you drive through the different vineyard areas as you're driving up to the... And I didn't know where I was going. I was just following the guy in front of me going, I hope he knows where he's going because I'm just... Right. Basically following him in hopes for the best. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I had woke up late for this event because I took a, a nap. And so I was already groggy, just going, I just follow the guy in front of you. You know, like when you're, uh, when it's raining really hard, <laughs> all yeah. you can see is like red lights in front of you and you're just, you're you know, like, mindlessly no, following that. If there's a car in front of you and it's moving because you can see its lights, just follow it. Yeah, that's generally Actually. what I was doing in broad daylight with no rain. Yeah. <laughs> just watching the silver Ford and going, yeah, I'm just following him. Um, but anyway, so the place is called Point Lookout Winery. Oh, and uh, they had 
it was a wine tasting. So we had, we had wine. Uh, I found that for the first time ever, I almost dropped that on there. That would have been really bad. Um, <laughs> We've got a, a uh, cit did I get it right? Citronella. Citronella. Yeah. yeah. Called it something I don't know wrong, what you really. said earlier, but it was way not I think right. I said calendula. Something like, I don't even know. That sounds like an illness. Or something? I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like an illness. It does sound like an illness. <laughs> but anyway, we got a little handle here that's not keeping the mosquitoes away like it should be. But And so I will say I did not taste this one at the winery. Oh. So this is a fresh taste for both of us. This is a fresh taste for both of us. Um, this but, is something that Drew said he likes. It is, if you look at the, I don't know if it has it on the bottle. It doesn't look like it did. But in their example, it had, um, they they it's a, a cross between Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. Which, now, would you call that a red blend? It is a red blend, okay. yes. Um that's the two focal points for the mixture, which are, when I found that, I was like, okay, that's that's fine. Works for me. I tried their Merlot. I tried their Cab. They're both fantastic. Um, I tried another one that was okay. And then they had a white wine that was a really dry white wine. It was Ooh. really fantastic. Now, what are your <coughs> opinion on white wine? What are your opinion on red wines? Well, I still like them dry, but they're never... They're never full-bodied enough for me. No. Um, it's it's kind of like drinking. If I want to drink something like that, I'll drink a Sprite. Yeah. It's kind of the way I look at it. I don't really like it. It's not. Uh, this one was very dry, and it had notes. It actually had flavor. Mm -hmm. um, and that one was, that was fine. Mm -hmm. um, and Ashley, Drew's wife, had suggested it uh, to me because when we were looking through, I, I just, I'm not, a, I'm not a connoisseur of white wine. It's mostly just because I don't like it. Yeah. Allie likes it, She, but she likes the basically if you could drop four pounds of sugar in one wine bottle. Oh, no. That's, that's the way she wants it. Oh, oh that's too much. And um, I can't I can't even come close to doing any sweet, really, so when it comes likes, to wine. Uh, Almost like a sangria. Oh, geez. I do not hate sangrias just because I do, I do have a sweet tooth. Every, every occasionally I can do a little sangria. That's not a problem. Can't drink much. And on top of that. One of my shameful um, drunk er experiences I think I've heard uh, the story involved sangrias that at the Russian camp and my World War Two reenacting, uh, World War One reenacting that I was doing. I was uh, that was quite a night. I think I probably talked about this one or two hundred episodes ago, but uh, well, it can't. It would have been the ninth episode if it was two hundred episodes ago. Oh shoot! Well, must have been a couple hundred. 100 or so. Anyway, <laughs> so I did, I did that the other day. I said 200 and something episodes ago because I, I listened to myself say that uh, the other day. I was like, wow, I hope no one directly catches that. But now I'm just telling all myself. So now you know. Um, so anyway, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Because I have not tried. Again, this was kind of my not so loving part of the winery. Okay. And I don't know if they do it to just because they have so many people. Because it looked like that place is made to be packed. Mm -hmm. uh, I I bet you their so so the the area they have up there, it's canvas all on the sides. It's locked in, and you can pull all the canvas up, and it's just one huge pavilion. Oh wow! On the okay. top of this mountain, and um, I bet you their pavilion was every bit of ten times your driveway. Oh wow! It's huge. Wow! I mean, you walk in there, and it, it's it's a good walk from one side to the other. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'd say it's it's probably twice as long as this, but it's it's big. Yeah, that's cool. you know um, the whole. It looks like they have other areas that they're actually starting to maneuver up there. But uh, anyway, so they had the raised doors. They had raised doors on part of them. It looks like they have kind of a retractable canvas mm -hmm. doors with okay. windows. I guess you'd kind of. Uh, it kind of made me think of uh, soft tops on jeeps. Okay. Yeah, you, know, you still have the windows and stuff in there, but you can clearly right. tell they're not I know what you mean. I know what canvas. You mean. They were made to look like part of the wood. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very sleek. Give it to, but it just this place looks like it's made to be packed, and um, huge fireplace, all that jazz. So I'm wondering if maybe what they present and sell on a regular basis that's not part of their collectors type. You know, if I went and purchased a case. I don't know that they would come with the the screw caps is yeah. what I was really getting at. Long long way around. But um, I'm not going to pour that left-handed because I can already promise you that'll be a disaster. <laughs> if you want to see me make a disaster of wine, nah. let me pour it left-handed. Wine should be drank, not, not spilled. You know how they say, don't cry over spilled milk? I will cry over spilled milk. I will cry over spilled wine. I will. <laughs> milk, ah, you know. But Speaking wine. Which, make sure that's no. pretty solid. Okay, well. Wasted wine. Well, cheers. Give it a go. It already smells good. Oh, lovely bouquet. Mm. Got it's a good body to red. it, actually. Yeah, it's very red. No, just look, look at it through the... You can. Oh, yeah, look yeah. Look down, you can... Oh, look oh through, through the, the candle. Yeah. Kind of nice, a purpley red. Oh. That's Not really good, at actually. All. Dang. Ooh, interesting. It's dry, but it's not at the same time. Mm -hmm. Lots of flavor. So I'm trying to figure out. <clears throat> there's something going on here that's interesting. I don't. I don't think it says anything. And it's on not the actual bottle. It's about the density. Are you pregnant? I don't think I am. Maybe sure. Gosh, I hope not. I mean, it is your turn, based on. Yeah. Julianne already had hers. Yeah, so she had hers, so I guess it's, it's my turn. Yeah. yeah. Gotta, gotta bump gotta up those do numbers. My part. <laughs> but no, it's like the density of the wine, it's not, though it looks really thick, it tastes, it feels liquid wise very thin. Yeah, I, and you can kind of see that. It's got more of a watery it does, um, continuity consistency. To it. But obviously, it's not water. It doesn't taste like water. And I'm not calling this wine watery at all. I'm just saying that's, you know, it I feels a little thing. bit more watery than, in, you know, feel wise. But it tastes fantastic. And this is a local Hendersonville, North Carolina mm. winery. Yeah. There is. I mean, I'd have never absolutely found it. no sharpness. No. None. Which is odd because most wines, good or bad, mostly the good wines I've noticed, they've got little hints of sharpness here and there. Mm -hmm. You know? But this uh this doesn't have any sharpness. It's very smooth, which is not how I normally describe wine. Mm -mm. Um but it's uh, not bitey. Yeah, no. So I would give it a, what's our scale? What's our rating for the wine? Is that a cat? 
Get away. It oh, it's a bunny. Hey, bunny. Up to uh, up to 10. Yeah, let's see. So sweetness. Let's do sweetness test. That is... I'd give that a four. A very big bunny. Does that bunny want some wine? Anyway, I'd give it about a four on the Based sweetness. on the feet, what I'm saying is I don't think that's a bunny. <laughs> oh, you think it's a jackrabbit? A young one, but yeah. He's oh, they're all bunnies to me. Tripping all over his own feet. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you think sweetness was? <sighs> sweetness? It's maybe a six. Maybe a six. Okay. I said four. Briggs it's got a six, tartness maybe. to it that's a little that's, more alluring. So what's the tartness, yeah. The tartness is a little more alluring. That's about a seven or an eight. I give it about a five or six on tartness. It's not terribly tart. It's initial. It's, uh -huh. it's a it's yeah, a no, quick, I see what it's you're initial. Saying. Um, um, and then bitterness, I think, is the last one. Low, really. I think that's the thing about this that makes it so different from a lot of wines is its bitterness is incredibly low. Yeah, it's incredibly low. I mean, two, maybe. Yeah, if that. And then you have, overall, I'm thinking like an eight. Oh, yeah, it's easily, a, easily. It's eight, eight and a half, because this is... This is um, I mean, I don't even want to call it easy drinking wine because that kind of makes it sound cheap, you know. Kind of. Makes I mean, it, it definitely is a table but wine. It's got an easy drink to it. You know what I mean? The price point is definitely on the higher end of life. Okay. Well, I think this bottle was twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. Higher end of life as far as cheap living wine. Yeah. Well, I mean, compared to what we've, what we've. Uh, Done on the on That's the podcast true. here. You we, know, I guess you're right. Most wine really bottles done... that we buy, I mean, because normally it's like from Ingalls or something like that. But you know, it's usually between seven, seven to, to ten dollars. You know? Yeah, seven to ten, seven to fifteen, something yeah. like that. This fifteen dollar one is like, whoa, that's extravagant. The one with know? the Phoenix on it is the most expensive one I bought, and it was like twenty two. Okay. Um. Yeah. So now you tried this at Point Lookout. I did not Vineyard. try this one. No, no, no. I mean, just you went to a wine tasting. Mm -hmm. How was the wine tasting? Was it like uh, how many wines do you get to choose from? Uh, so you can pick six. Six, okay. So it's six. They give you a shot glass of each. Mm -hmm. um, and you just, you know, you just, they have a sheet for you so you can go back and do it again if you wanted to. Oh, to really? try the different ones. Um, nice. We did three whites, three reds. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whites were, eh, yeah, eh, you but know, they're whites. Um, we and what's funny is we didn't pick the one that Drew and Ashley were drinking, and Drew and Ashley both were like, "We like to drink the white wines in the summertime." Oh yeah, I can see that's a little lighter. It's mm -hmm. again, it's like Sprite, you know, it's juice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, <coughs> And Drew had told me he wanted to get us a, a bottle of wine. And so when I went to go purchase a few bottles, because I wanted to get one for my cabinet of this, one to try tonight on the podcast, and then I wanted to get uh, the bottle of white, which is one of the ones, ironically, I did not choose in my selection. Uh, it's what Drew and, and uh, Ashley were drinking. And Allie liked it. She said she tasted it and said it was great. And so, um, tried it. It was great. It was amazing for white wine. Um, so anyway, back to the tasting. You get your six. You get the six shot glasses. 
uh, full of the, the six that you desired, and then they give you a uh, one of their wine glasses. Oh, cool. You get to, uh, that's oh, no part way. of that's it. That's awesome. Yep, you get a wine glass with oh. you. The first time you go, you get a wine glass with oh, your, like that. With your uh, tasting. Yeah. And so we got a we got a wine glass. It was really nice. It's this point, look out, you know, winery. And I I would have done that anyway. I would have paid for it because that's something I do at like all the places that I go. I try to get one of their brand glasses. Yeah. Uh, as kind of a, and I'm I'm running out of room for that. Used to be shot glasses, but you can only get you know the way I collect shot glasses. It's only I only go get. A shot glass of the states that I've been in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get um, just like I'm only going to get pint glasses and stuff like that if I've been there. Yeah. Um, the only exception to that, humorously enough, was um, I bought an Oscar Blues pint glass mm -hmm. at. Um, they don't they don't sell them anymore, but I bought one at a Goodwill. Oh, really? Because Oscar Oscar Blues, they were the ones that did all the beer and stuff for our wedding. Oh, yeah. And I just found one randomly with their old logo on it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, it's, that's where it's at right there. And so that was my only, the only time I've done it aside from being there and, yeah. and getting one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, um, what's funny about it, because you were saying that there was a white wine that you actually really liked there. Um, called a Riesling? Julia, Riesling? A, a, yeah, I always called it a Riesling, but I guess I never knew how it was Riesling. pronounced. Um, but anyway, uh, on our honeymoon, uh, Julianne and I went to, uh, Lake Lure, stayed there for two nights and then went down to Florida to Key West, uh, which is a long drive, by the way. Yeah. You were expecting that I'd fly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but we stayed for a couple of nights in, um, at Lake Lure at the Grafton Lodge. I would recommend it to anybody. It is an absolutely fantastic little getaway. And um, see the ghost of Patrick Swayze. When we booked the room, they asked. They sent me an email asking if I wanted anything extra because they had some extra things that they offered. Mind you, this little lodge, they had everything. They had an outdoor fire pavilion. You could oh, go sit cool. outside and play play games. It was in the woods. You know, they had a little kitchen area where they'd make you breakfast every morning, and their breakfasts were spectacular. One of the owners is a chef. And oh, well, then it so he be makes you he makes you an incredible breakfast every morning, and that just comes with the room. Um, and uh, oh, it was fantastic. And one of the things is inside the, the the little kitchen breakfast room, you know, they had snacks and stuff that you could come and graze, you know, all day long. And they had water and stuff. They had a box of cigars if you wanted a cigar, you could you know buy a cigar. Um, I was so waiting for you to tell me I could graze cigars. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? That's a higher end resort. You know, yeah. you gotta pay about <laughs> ten ten times what we paid for the Grafton Lodge. Um, but anyway, they had some extra stuff for the room and I was like, Okay, well, since it's our wedding night, I kinda wanna be special. So I got a plate of chocolate covered strawberries and a bottle of wine. And the bottle of wine was a red blend, uh, which I actually, I've liked every single red blend, not every single, but most red blends, I really like them. Like, you get a specific wine that's like, oh, that's really good, you know? But for whatever reason, the red blend, I just tend to like it more. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's just 
Well, it's it's also it's mixing of a lot of different flavors yeah. that you wouldn't get singularly. Maybe that's what it is. You know, I don't know. Which it's funny because that's the opposite of the way most distilled products work. Mm -hmm. You can't just put two. You can't. Yeah. Independent distilled products together and and call it a better product. It's exactly right. Um, which so that's why like I think, blended beer, uh, blended whiskeys. Yeah, you know, they're not going to make something superior. You're just no. going to get two. You're just going to get an inferior blend of blended whiskeys. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I ordered a bottle of wine for the room, and it was wine from Parker Bins, which is a vineyard that was about fifteen twenty minutes away, and it came with two free wine tastings. I was like, oh, cool. Well, that'll be fun because I've never been to a vineyard. Juliana's never been to a vineyard. So we get to enjoy their wine on our honeymoon night. And then, you know, I, it was the next day or the day after that, we drove out to the vineyard. I was about to say, it must have been tasting. local, I assume. It was, it was local. Yeah, it was very good. But anyway, we go there, and they didn't have the red blend because I wanted to try that because I liked it. Um... But they didn't have that on the wine tasting. So I was like, all right, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll try these. And they had a whole bunch of white wines. So we're like, mm -hmm. oh, whatever. We'll try a white wine or two. Probably won't like it, but yeah. whatever. Because we don't like white wines. Right. Funny thing is, is it was a white wine that was our favorite out of all of them. And even funnier, it was like really, really good. It wasn't just the best out of all their wines. It was actually a really good white wine that I would, I would buy again. Yeah. You know? So it's 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 funny how that yeah, works I was out. I was really impressed with the Riesling when I when I uh, tasted it. And you know, I I just don't enjoy I I the only times I've ever really ordered white wine with the intent to maybe enjoy <laughs> would be when I'm when I'm at a sushi place cuz I don't really like sake. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. much. And white wine is usually similar. With fish, it's a good bet. Right. It's a good pairing, and generally... Well, white wine is supposed well. to go with fish. Yeah, well, I know, that's yeah. why I said it's a good pairing. For sure. So it's generally a solid bet. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was completely stoked. But that place is really cool. Has a You, you drive through the vineyard to get to this place. Um, the actual place is on the top of this, you know, hill. Hardly call it a mountain, but you can... You can see a 360 view of the entire mountain range. It was really cool because when we got there, the rain had like just quit, and so all the clouds were just on top of the mountains. Mm -hmm. Such a cool view, and uh, so yeah, that's what we did. Sorry, I'm lighting my cigar because uh, you know Drew's like me; he has a gluten allergy, and so he had to discover things other than beer that he enjoyed to drink. And yeah, I get that. Wine became a go-to, which I think it is for most people that have a gluten allergy. I'm starting to learn. My grandfather-in-law, Juliana's grandfather, he uh, he doesn't drink beer because he has a gluten allergy. Well, he has celiac or whatever, and so he drinks a lot of wine um, and other hard spirits and stuff. I say hard spirits. I should just say spirits. Spirits. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. That'd be a sensible thing to say, old boy. It would indeed. Now, when Brig was looking for his wine, he accidentally found something else that he was hiding in there that... It's a flask. What's <laughs> in your flask? I'm curious. Uh, same thing that's been in my flask since the one time I brought it over here, which is Elijah Craig. Mmm! Ho, ho, ho! 
Ah, uh, the king of bourbon. <laughs> the true bourbon. I didn't even know. It's just, it's funny. It's been sitting in there with my gun and everything, so. <laughs> Those are two things that definitely go together. <laughs> and I didn't know it was there. I haven't gone looking for it either. Oh, my backpack, it just has so many. Don't get me wrong, I like it. Lots of room. Mm -hmm. But it has so many compartments. Yeah. I think I put something in one compartment, and actually it's in the other one that looks just like that compartment. <laughs> yeah, my backpack has a lot of compartments too, and it, it gets filled with stuff, and then I can never find the stuff because of other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I might need to try some of that Elijah Craig. Which, it's probably a, some some form of sin to be drinking wine and then to switch over to Elijah Craig. I mean, they're both fantastic, but it seems like each one of them is yeah. having their own time. So-so. But when you pulled it out, I was like, nah, we got to have some of that. Well, as time is of the essence, we're going to take a break right here. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Yes, indeed, we are. Does this have... Oh, it does. Yes, it does. That's it's what I love about little... these chairs. It's got a cup holder. These chairs that we're sitting in, so... Just a little backstory. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. What's that? I said that's not going to work. Like I, I, I'm, It's going to end up turning off our recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, a little backstory. My in-laws have pared their life down. Um, they used to own a home, like an actual house. Uh, you know six years ago or so. Uh, and then they moved to, they sold the house and moved to an apartment in Midtown Atlanta. Well, actually, th there was a couple other places that they've been to since then. But they decided that living in, you know, nice apartments and stuff was really all they needed. And so when I met them, they, um, they lived in Midtown uh, in the Lilly Building. And then they moved from there to Hanover and then, after Julianne and I got married, they decided, you know what, we're going to do something radical with our lives. We're going to pare down everything that we own to what can fit inside an RV. So they bought an RV, and now they live in an RV. Now, it's not a huge RV. It's, uh, you know, not going to give any details, but it's a pretty small Pretty darn small as far as an RV goes. Um, but anyway, preparing for the R RV and their quasi-traveling life, they bought some chairs, some, you know, uh, camping chairs. And these are actually freaking cool because the, these chairs actually recline. They're rocking camping chairs. And instead of a curved bottom, I'm trying, you know, I don't know if you can picture this, but it looks like a camping chair except the back has got this pneumatic or spring-loaded or whatever um, piston in the back. Yeah. And so when you lean back, you know, it squishes the, the, the spring and rocks the chair back. And it's freaking comfortable. Yeah. It's got a cup holder on one side. It's got a little slot to fit your phone on the left side. And uh, it's... It's just absolutely fantastic. And they're crazy comfortable. They rock, literally. And <laughs> when you tell somebody you have a rocking camping chair, they're like, um, 
Okay. No, you don't, because that's retarded, and they don't have that. That's not a thing. But when somebody I sits in saying it, that a few years ago. When somebody sits in it and starts rocking in it, it's like, dude, this is freaking awesome. I must have. And so anyway, they um, they actually decided that the chairs didn't fit in their RV and that they didn't actually go outside enough to use them, so they just gave them to us, and we're like, oh, we shall take. Yes, indeed. We shall take. And so uh, we're using them now, and they're fantastic. I yeah, love these them. are wonderful. Every time uh, Juliana and I sit outside, we always like to sit in these because they rock, you know, <laughs> literally. So. What's funny is now that I'm buying the house, we probably will get a couple of these. Yeah, you ought to. They're Because I am a bigger – I like rocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing that I don't like is – you know, over the years, I can count on one hand how many rocking chairs I went. That's comfortable. Because mm -hmm. they're generally not. Yeah. You know, you have gliders. Yeah. The, they're a little, you know, if you get a nursery glider, well, that's the designation. You know, they're going to be a little more comfortable than your average rocker. But I always love that, that scene in... Is this John Wayne? Yeah. Almost. Almost in his rocking chair. <laughs> you didn't give have me my rocking chair. chair. It's char. Char. That's right. That's right. That's what he said. And he ends up losing his mind. Rockin so it's almost in his rocking chair. That was the Searchers, wasn't it? It was the Searchers. That's what I thought. You know how long it's been since I've seen it. It is the only movie. I can tell you how long it's been since I've seen it. It's the only that. John Wayne movie my mom will not watch. Why? A uh, couple reasons she didn't like. She didn't. I think a lot of it came down to she didn't like thinking about how the Indians treated people. Oh, you know, fact of the matter is, I don't like thinking about it either. And she didn't like the idea of you know molestation and all that, which the the movie very much, very it much leans on. Very, it it, it, does. it it does everything short of saying it. Yeah. And and you get that in that scene where John Wayne's like, we don't want to go find her. You don't want that to happen. Yeah. She's not one of us anymore. Yeah. And that brings you to a whole new point of reality where you're like, oh, oh, oh. So my mom just never liked it. Yeah, I get you it. You know, I think John Wayne played a very good character in that role. You know, he was... If I remember correctly, that one guy, I don't remember his name, was looking for the girl because he kind of had to, he loved her or something. Yeah, and there is this. There's this line. It's the. It's the the most, like for me, it's the line from John Wayne that I remember the absolute most. And this guy basically is. They're he's at a, young and stupid. Is what yeah, he is. he's young and stupid, and he wants to keep searching or whatever. And John Wayne's like, "You're crazy. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're young." And mind and, you, John Wayne's character is a he's a veteran yeah, tracker yeah. for the Texas Rangers. He and was in so the military he, at that time too. The guy's basically like, you know, John Wayne, you, you know, you're not, you're not giving this search enough. You're not giving it enough. And he says, I hope you die. <laughs> and John Wayne goes, that'll be the day. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't give it justice either. John Wayne that says whole movie, he John does Wayne that throughout way. the whole movie. It's that'll that'll be, the be the day. You know. My friend Travis, he used to be able to say that perfectly, just like John Wayne. Travis Mabrito, oh mm -hmm. my gosh. I used to just ask him to say that just because he said it so well, and he thought I was crazy, but he'd do it anyway just to humor me. <laughs> um, but, 
Anyway, you you met Travis, didn't you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he was a character. But yeah, that'll be the day. But yeah, these uh, that that's when anytime someone's talking about a rocking chair, that's what I think about. Yeah, I I understand why, and to some small extent, I did too. But because uh, I knew exactly what you were talking about, <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, "Searchers." Yeah, John Wayne. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Natalie Wood. That was Natalie Wood. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No, really. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's Natalie Wood. That was before I watched that. Before I knew who Natalie Wood was. Yeah, that's apparently. she's the girl. Because I know who Natalie Wood was, and I have known for a long time. Mm-hmm. But that movie, I watched it so long ago that I did not actually know who Natalie Wood was at the time. I bet that I was 10. I bet that I was yeah. probably 10 when I saw that last. Yeah, that was a young Natalie Wood. Wow. She was a cutie. She really she was. was. She died very young. She did. She uh, fell off of a party ship, a, far- a party barge, and drowned. Very probably lots of alcohol involved. There was, indeed. In fact, there was so much alcohol involved that everybody saw her fall off and drown, and they didn't do anything about it because they were drunk, too. <coughs> yeah, what are they going to do? That's a really sad story. Kind of a pitiful way to go. But she she was... she. I, I, I really enjoyed the movie, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Great Race. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody not in my family likes it, including cousins and stuff, but I think it's fantastic. So much fun to watch. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. Oh, yeah? No. It's fun. It's very long, too, so if you're not into a long movie, don't watch it. Um, if it's going to be a long movie, it better be a good long it movie. It better be, yeah. But she was in that. She was very intelligent, very talented, spoke several languages. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, died in a horrible way. But, anyway. Sadly and happily, that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> a weird way to migrate over, but... Uh, <laughs> We do actually have a topic for today, and the topic for today is part two. Yeah, part two. Of uh, what it takes to be a Christian leader, is that right? uh, Yeah. Qualities of qualities qualities of a a leader. A leader based on Christian principles. Fantastic. Um, Because this list is and is not everything that a Christian leader should be, but the points were well enough, and I I agreed with all of them. They they are definitely something that uh, you can take from that. Now, if I'm not mistaken, these are pulled from First Timothy. Is that right? They're they're pulled from many places, really. Okay. Um, Timothy is one of the strong. I wanted to find it because you know, obviously, election year. Oh yeah. Gosh. And you know, we're we're making choices based on who our next leader is. Mm-hmm. And you know, throughout our country's history, not all of our leaders have been Christian. Oh, I would actually argue that most of them haven't been Christian. Exactly. Honestly, honestly. And that's where we have to take into, it's unreasonable to say, I'm only going to vote for a Christian. Yep. You know, I'm only going to vote for someone who goes to church. Um, I, I think Mainly that's, being because hardly any of them in the past were Christian either? Well, yes and no. I, okay. I, I think it's, it's very hard that you're going to hit all of those things yeah. that you want to see. Well, unfortunately, the fact of the it's matter is... It's kind of like me saying, what's my perfect car? Yeah. Well, my perfect car has so many features that Mr. Gadget better have made it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, the, 
the perfect car doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, there's some little, they'll hit points and make you happy and you'll take them home. But does the perfect car actually exist? Perfect car is different for everyone. It's gonna be different That's why there's so many cars. Yeah. And so for me, I look at it as I think it's very believable that we're not going to have a Christian president. Uh-huh. So if you're not going to have a Christian president, what do you want to see in the next president? What do you want to see in the next leader of our country? And how can you relate those principles and values that you're looking for in the Bible? Yeah. Like, do they agree with the Bible? Do they stand to be a value of biblical principles? Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? Because that's how we have to judge it. Yeah. People like Vivek, you know, he's Hindu. That's true, he is. You know, he's made that comment very, very clear. But he also has made it very clear, you know. This is what this country is based on. That's based right. on the freedom to be able to worship a different God than something someone's forcing on you. Right. And as we call it is, you know, basically freedom of religion. Right. And we and you know, we do take that for granted. We do. Now I will say, as far as that goes, that the United States was based it was on a Christian a Judeo-Christian foundation. It did have it. And though they said, when they said freedom of religion, I believe that they did not mean Hindu, Hindu, Islam, Christianity. I would agree with that. Buddhism, you know, um, and all these other different, you know, religious sects and stuff. I think what they meant is the freedom to worship, you know, Jehovah or that God the way they intend to. Right. Um, but you got to think, they also came out of having to worship in the Church of England. Exactly. Yeah. And so they were stipulated very heavily. And so I would agree with you, but you also got to think, all these religions weren't that popular. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, I mean that really. If you go back in history, the past 200 years is where you see all these religions popping up. Um. And and made known, I guess you could say. You see more people. You see an influx. Well, because of that, far enough ago, if you were of that religion, you were in the country where that religion was founded. Right, and if you were outside of that country, you better watch yourself. Yeah. So, all in all, I think it's very important that we understand what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we need to elect a Muslim president. Not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, what are those principles that you're looking for? Yeah. Because if you're looking for someone to lead, you obviously know what you want that to look like. So what does that look like, and how can you tell me that that's biblical? Yeah. You know? Uh, so we stopped at number five. Yep. And number six was... Hold on. Now I've... I gotta go back to the the list. Because it was said a very specific way. Um, a man with the right attitude to money. Now Ooh. I think that is really handy. Not both as a character of a man, but also as a character of a leader. Yeah, for sure. Because who handles the country's money? Oh well, the president doesn't directly. He doesn't but he directly. Sure spends a he, lot of it. He influences it too. 
Alright, so just as an example, I did not verify this, so look it up, verify it yourself. But from what I understand, quote unquote, and I literally I mean that, quote unquote, President Biden, because I think that certain other people are actually the president and Biden stole it, but that's neither here nor there. Um but apparently when he went on his last vacation to the beach or whatever uh he rented out a place for a week that cost 18 million dollars i can't even now even if i had that money i wouldn't be able to do it he doesn't have that much money well in bulk form i'm sure he's got money elsewhere and stocks and stuff yeah. like that and corrupt business dealings and whatnot but he was using taxpayers money yeah, it's a business expense. Exactly. So he he was you know spent eighteen million dollars for a week at this resort or whatever it was. You got to think a presidential salary is not that much. And I'm just like, dude, that is, if that isn't like a, a misuse of money, what is? I mean, that's frivolous. That is just like my goodness. Again, verify it. Don't take my word for it. Check it out. But pretty sure it actually happened. That's yeah. what I was reading in the news today. Yep, that is so, an example of how not to handle money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my goodness. What a horrible... I mean, $18 million would probably set Brig and I for the rest of our lives. I, I'd never work again. Yeah, my goodness. We could retire now. I'd, work on, the, I'd work on the podcast and build our build our brand. Yeah, my goodness. That'd be, that'd be the last... And you wouldn't see Brig going on any outlandish vacations. Mm-mm. Brig probably make once a year trips to the beach. We'd be investing wisely and, you know, using that money to make mm -hmm. more money to keep our soundly. We'd make sure that all of our friends were set, you know. And uh, anyway, my goodness. And the fact that this money just kind of whoosh, you know, wow. That's incredible. That's just wow. So anyway, a man with the right attitude to money. Uh, and. What are some biblical around the idea of money? What are mm -hmm. some biblical examples that we can give on how to or or how not to use money? I can think of a define, couple. Define that further, because I feel like you were getting at something very specific. Kind of, sort of. So one, and, and that was not a very specific question. One example on how not to use money. First off, is to lie about it. Well, yeah, you know. and uh, I, I, mean, I see where you're going was now. It Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, you know they came into the church and they're like, "Oh, we're going to donate so much money." So they sold a whole bunch of land and used the money, and they gave it to the church. But oh no, they only gave a certain percentage to the church. And did they say they gave? And it they all? kept a whole bunch for themselves. Yeah, which is fine. It's their money. They can do whatever they want with it. But they told the church, "Hey, we get we sold this land and gave." All the proceeds to you. Oops. And you can't lie to God. And for what it's worth, what was the who was the who was the disciple that was there to hear about it? I forget. Was it Peter? I don't think it was Peter. Paul was it? I want to say it was Simon. Maybe it was Simon. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, he basically. It was one of the lessers, I think. Yeah. that We don't hear so much about. He basically, like, God told him, 
you know, hey, these guys are lying. And so he gave them the chance to take their lie back. And he said, are you sure this is the amount of, are you sure you gave all of it to the church? Double checking here. And Ananias was like, oh yeah, you betcha. We gave all of it to the church. Well, falls down dead. They drag him out. Sapphira comes in, his wife. And he says, hey, what's his name over here? Said that you sold land and gave all of it to the church. Is that what you did? And she's like, oh, yeah, you betcha. We sold it and gave all of it to the church. Down she falls, dead as a doornail, drags her out. Like, don't lie to God. It was a senseless lie, too. Yeah, it was. It didn't do them any good. And what it was is they were just... It's not like anybody was going to stretch their pockets. They didn't have a real faith. They didn't have... Really, it was just... They were trying to look good socially. Right. You know, which um, unfortunately a lot of churches are that way now. They just, you know, they're just money rackets. Well, and a lot of it goes down to a fall of man, sin. Yeah. But one of our best qualities as humans is greed. Oh. <laughs> and I don't, I meant that very sarcastically, just yeah, in yeah, case yeah. anyone was, yeah. was. Such a good quality. Yeah, we... Uh, anyway, I would call we're that... we're good a, at it. We're good at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. We are very good In everyday it. life. And I would call that a bad attitude towards money. You know, and then on top of that, there's um, the widow and her two mites. Mm-hmm. You know? People are coming and tithing. They're not really tithing. They're not giving like 10% of everything they own. No, maybe they are, actually. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, they're tithing they towards tithing. Uh, the church. Uh, or towards the temple, really. Mm-hmm, the temple, yeah. And Jesus is sitting there with his disciples, and they're seeing all these you know, wealthy men coming in and tithing. And that's a good thing. But then this widow comes in, and she doesn't have you know, a bunch of money. All she has in all the world are two mites, which, mind you, that's probably like two bucks now yeah you know it's not really anything but that's all she has in the world as far as money goes and so she gives it to the church and jesus basically tells his disciple hey she gave more than everybody else and they're like um jesus we saw what she gave it really wasn't that much in fact i think i have a stick of gum that costs more than that (laughs) you know and jesus is like oh yeah but you you guys don't really understand what i'm talking about do you it's like this is all she had, and she gave it, and that is faith. Yeah. And that is a love for God and a right attitude towards money. Um, and, you know, because honestly, the fact of the matter is it's God's anyway. You know, we're just, we're just using what God has given us, and he doesn't ask too much of it back. You know? I love how everything you had is a wonderful counter to what I thought of when, when I... Uh... I would love I to know, what this. did you think of? Um, I was thinking about the, the negatives. Okay. Because what, and that's really what I was thinking, because this whole time, for me, I've looked at what are the qualities that we see today that we don't want to see the next time. Mm-hmm. And what I thought about was the amount of politicians that we have that are bought out for next to nothing. Oh, absolutely. What does that My remind goodness. you of? Bought out for next to nothing. Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, yeah. You know. 30 pieces of silver, mind you, 
was for very little to ask for the Messiah. Yeah. You know. But he was so he was so bought. Yeah. By that's the precious mountain he was getting for this act. And that's everything we see in politicians today. Oh yeah. Bought and paid for. You know, and, and that's what I don't want to see in the next one. Mm-hmm. And you you gave wonderful positives of this is this is how this is what we should be looking for. Now I'm not saying you look for somebody who gives everything to the church. That's mm-hmm. a <laughs> never going to happen. Nope. But uh, it's a good thought. It'd be nice. It'd be nice, but it's not going to happen. I um, mean, I don't need to be cynical. I'm just being. Factful. I'm being very real. Yeah. You know. Um, let's take a break right here, and we'll be right back. are back yes we so are anyway that kind of covers at least the idea of good ways bad ways to right handle money and money, yeah. you know based on biblical dictations of what that looks like i gave a really good example of how presidents shouldn't use their money i don't know about a good example of how they should but well not that way yeah not that way uh, we have plenty of examples of what not to do. Oh, that's, yeah, my goodness. And that's the problem. You know, we need to start having examples of what to do. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying Very to... rarely do we find that with the president yeah. anyway. They're always spending our money in ways that we don't really want. So... And what's it with the... Seven and eight actually kind of go together. dollars of debt. Okay, yeah. Sorry, Briggs actually doing a good thing and trying to move us along. <laughs> a man who manages his own family well. Now, oh, mix, yeah. mix that with number eight because a, a man, man who, who is manages... spiritually taught and mature. Yeah, they do do they do go together. And so yeah. this this goes very well with leading a nation too, because oh gosh, yes. you know if you look at it from that. You know, your household is your nation. You know, that's that's your that's your area in which you are the president of. Yep. You know, and when you think about it like that. You have to be able to know the needs of the people within your household. nation, within your household, mm-hmm. and be able to take care of that in a responsible, mature, and spiritual way. And if you do that, you are handling your household, your family, your country well. Yep. You know, and we miss that. By a lot. We forget about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Trump was... Really, honestly, quite great at that. Mm-hmm. He he could really tick people off, and to a level, I'm fine with that. Absolutely, yeah. Winston Churchill, who I do not love, I do like a lot of things he had to say because he He's was so witty. He was witty, but he was he was the outsider. Though he mm-hmm. had spent his life in politics, he didn't care about politics. You know. He didn't, he didn't, the, the fluff on top was just part of his job. And he took that as part of his job. You know, I get to meet the queen. Great. You know, it's part of my job. And I'm doing a fine job of it. But his, one of his quotes that, you know, I've always loved is if you're, if you don't have enemies, you're not doing your job. Yeah. Because yeah. if you have enemies, you've done your job <clears throat> and you've done your job well. Yeah. And that right there, I'm okay with enemies to anything. Now, do I go around intentionally trying to make them? No. No, I do I not. I heard something similar, and maybe it was a quote from him, and it was... Uh, I'm paraphrasing, because that's a man, not the actual uh, quote. Uh, a man who has... And this is going to be paraphrasing, too. 
but if you have no a man who has no enemies has no character. Now that's a different quote altogether. Must be but yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You have yeah. to, you know, a lot of enemy relations, I'm gonna call it that way, because I just it sounds good. We'll work mm -hmm. with that. Um it has a lot to do with let's just say your siblings. Mm -hmm. This will be a good example because I know you've used this before. You don't like certain things your siblings do, but oftentimes it's because you and yourself also do the same things. We see in others yeah, what, what, what we don't like about ourselves. Yeah, that's true. And so a lot of enemy relations is built, built off of, I don't like that person because I don't like that quality. Yeah. But then when you go and look at it, it's like, I did that a lot. But you do the same thing. That's why I have to be careful whenever I'm driving. You know, I'll see somebody do something absolutely stupid, and I can't judge them too harshly because it's like, oh, well, I've done that before. I've been in that situation, you know, and, uh, you know. You have to be careful, and a good example that I've, I find to be true is true as gold, but my sister and I growing up hated each other. Oh, yeah? Like, to the point where... You don't leave Brig and Mariah alone together. That was me and Nathaniel. It, something, someone might end up unalived. Unalived. <laughs> Decommissioned. <laughs> Decommissioned, yeah. <laughs> Somebody might end up. You want, sure, you want, sure, I'm low. There's a little bit left. I'm sure I'll be making trips, so. Um, anyway, where was I going with that? Hold on. Oh yeah, we we, we don't yeah we you know we we never really got along, and now that we're adults, we get along just fine. Now the reality of the matter is we're exactly alike, <laughs> to the yeah, point where is. now we're we're both mature enough to know hey I got your back, you're an idiot, I understand that, but I'm also an idiot, so we have this in common. Let's build on it, you know, and there's a level of maturity. At least we understand now. each other. Yeah, we understand each other. So now. We can get along, but I mean, we were, it was mortal combat between us <laughs> two on a regular basis. And I can <clears throat> promise you, um, the man that back talks her is going to have a rude awakening because um, she was raised with three brothers and none of us were nice to her. I was the worst. So, you so know, it's your fault. It is 100% my fault. I, you yes, know, unfortunately, this is just the way things work. I did that to her. Like I said, unfortunately, this is just the way things work. But I have learned that it doesn't matter how much your woman loves you. <clears throat> she will project on you the issues that she had with other men, mm -hmm. regardless of, of who they were. Dad, brother, previous relationship, you know, other men that they have met. Just, they will just imagine judge what you. I have to do. <laughs> they will judge you according to them, even if she sees no qualities of that in you. <laughs> And this is why it's really dangerous. You know, you brought up, this is very off topic. Uh, and I, we are going to get back on topic. But um, that's also, since you bring that up, a very dangerous aspect of lack of father figures in the home. Mm -hmm. Is because you should be what everyone is basing a man on. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what I, I, I don't. When I say this, I do and don't. As an actor, I like his stuff. As a human, I kind of think he's 
very far left, and it just Who'd I uh, McConaughey. He's very far left. We we know this. We've known this for years. Very far left. But he, in an interview one time, because he was talking about what mattered to him, because he sold all of his publishing companies and everything overnight. And he was asked in an interview, he said, why did you do that? And he said, well, he said, I had eight little fires. He said, and I was stoking my eight little fires, and I was doing a fine job of it, but none of them were producing enough heat. Uh-huh. Because it was eight little fires. Yeah. He said, so I sold my production company. I did it all in a day. I had everything under wraps by the end of the week, and I had two big fires. I had acting and my family. And he said, now I can create some heat because that's what's really important. Yeah. And he said, and, and later on in the interview, because it was a long interview, you know, he was talking about family because that, that is something he really does find importance in. Yeah. And I can value that. I can get behind that. And he was talking about the way men should be in front of their children. Mm-hmm. And then he really piqued my interest. Because he said something that you find, you, you hear from Christian men, and also you don't hear from Christian men. And I'm not saying I'm the, I am not preaching because I have not always done this. But he said, you know, I never have an argument with my wife in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. I never have displeasing words. I'm always very kind to her in front of the children. And we have those conversations later behind closed doors. That's where they need to be kept. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't concern anyone but us. But he said, that is one thing my, my kids can never hate me for, is the mm-hmm. way I treated their mother. Because that's the way I want them to treat and be treated. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? You may be a little off on every other angle in life, but, but you've um, got that one. You've nailed. got the family side of your life so in tune that I'm I'm a little envious. I'm not gonna. I, you know that's. I um, want to be more like that, and that's a Christian saying to someone who is not a not Christian, a Christian, non-Christian for sure. You know, I wouldn't say pagan, but he's definitely not a believer, and. I, and that's where I say, you know, you do find a lot of... That's, you know, that's you're right. There's some really good qualities there. And, um, you know, there's several things, very good things to say about that. In one of my... Uh, well, gosh, it was only a couple episodes ago, if that. Um, when I was talking about the father's uh, three responsibilities. Yeah. Three of the responsibilities of a father in the home. And it was, you know, to God, to wife, to children. Yeah. And... To the wife part, it's crazy important because, you know, if you don't show your wife the love that she needs and deserves as your wife, you know, if you treat her horribly or exactly, regardless of how you treat her, however you do treat her, your children are going to see that and they're going to mimic that later in life. And, and so that's, you, that's something that totally... How you treat your, mo- your wife is potentially exactly how your children will treat their wives. And I, I'm going to say this will be um, trying to figure out how to give this advice and they make good sense. Uh, but for all the, the women out there that are, that are looking to, to court, date, whatever your process is, um, it is very important to see him with his family. Oh, yeah. Very important. Because you can... You can know everything about the way 
he will be to you based on how he is to his mother. You, you can, it's, it is a proven, proven thing. And even just the rest of your family, too, because the fact of the matter is, is that you're going to be the most comfortable around your family because you're going to be able to tell them exactly. Like um, when I was first, um, red flag, but when I was, uh, you know, engaged, the first woman that I was engaged with, mind you, that was the first girl that I'd ever dated in my life. Um, she was really, really jealous of my family. And the reason was, is because she and I were absolutely incompatible. You know, we didn't, you know, we loved each other. We liked each other, but we did not love each other. We had it was a manufactured love. It we was, had it an was, infatuation. Yeah, it at was. best. It was, yeah, lust at best. Yeah. And so um, we. Um, those are easily confused and dangerous to confuse. Oh, for sure. Um, and I don't mean that. I mean, <clears throat> no, obviously, you, mean, you know, know you but. Mean. People, that is something that no, absolutely. You know, uh, men, I think, tend to fall into this. Yeah, a little easier. Well, go yeah, ahead. Let me finish without. Yeah, saying. go ahead. Um, but no, what you're saying is good. Uh, but what I was going to say is, she and I bickered all the time. Yeah, which is inevitable because I wasn't loving her the way I needed to, and she was not respecting the way respecting right. me the way I uh, she needed to, and. You know, we just were incompatible on pretty much every everything, mm -hmm. every level, personality-wise too. Horrible mix. Um, and so, whenever I was with my family, she noticed that I was happier. I was mm -hmm. outspoken. I was enjoying myself, and I talked to my brothers, my sisters, my mom and dad, and just having a wonderful time. And she took huge offense to that. She did not like that at all because she was jealous. I was no. comfortable around them. No. And I was never comfortable around her. I was always worried that if I said something, she would bite my head off, which mm -hmm. happened all the time, you know. And uh, mind you, I was learning a lot then too. Yeah. You know, but uh, anyway, all, all that to say, you know, I had a really good rela relationship with my family, and she didn't feel like we had that relationship, and so she was jealous. Right. And, and, and I'm not a woman, so I can't elaborate too much, but I think the idea of seeing... Because there's kind of two ways, to, two ways to view it, and I've heard it from a couple women who have described it to me. Um, but I know you should definitely like go back to Narnia. I, I, I know everyone loves my Narnia references, but hey, you I know, love see Narnia. the see the bear in his own home before you decide who he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's you have to find out where he's comfortable and most people are comfortable where they were raised, but they're comfortable around the people they were raised around. And you can you can get an idea as to what kind of man you're getting. Um if he has brothers mm -hmm. and they all treat their mother a certain way. And it's a good way. It's probably a pretty good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, I would encourage looking deeper into that. For sure. And there's a flip side of that. You know, um, oftentimes women are a lot like their mothers. Mm -hmm. That's true. And so based on who their mother is, you're going to get a pretty good idea 
of who they are, of who she may end up being. Yeah. And are you are you good with that? Are you comfortable yeah. with yeah. that? Because if you are, continue. If not, evaluation. Now, I'm not telling anyone, you know, run out and break up with people. That is not what I'm saying. But if it is a concern, mm-hmm. that's that needs to be brought up. That needs to be absolutely, and that's what I'm trying to instill into my brothers. You know, um, my brother Nathaniel is married, so I don't need to worry about him. Um, you still got a couple stragglers. But I still though. got a couple of straggling <laughs> brothers who are interested in women, want women, but have no idea what to look for. And one thing that I had found after a lot of looking, a lot of searching, a lot of dating, courting, engaging, and all that jazz, is you need to love them for who they are now. Mm-hmm. And not who you want them to be. Yeah. If you don't love them now, then you're gonna have a hard road. Because I tell you what, you did not sign you up for the change expect committee. Expect her to change because she probably won't. You got to love her without the change. You know. Yeah. And because you know, fifty years down the road, when she doesn't change, and she's still not the woman that you want her to be, you'll realize, oops. She's just not going to change. Then you're all depressed. But the fact of the matter is, is if you love her for who she is now, then you will love her down the road. And she will change in some ways. And if she changes for personally to you, the better. And that's great. You know, rejoice. You know, be praised. You're going to change in ways also. And that's something to think about for young people is women mature at a different rate than men. And oftentimes women... They're going to mature a lot. And, and I, I think it's, there's probably a flip side of the coin, but women mature initially, I think, earlier than men. Oh, yeah, for sure. But they kind of stop the process for about 15 years. <laughs> I know, I'm dead serious. No, like they, yeah. they mature to a point where they are able to do things that their mothers do. But as far as mental maturity and the kind of maturity it takes to you know, carry on deep conversations, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Sometimes that takes a little more development. Yeah. Uh, whereas men, you know, we're thrown into the workforce at the age of 18. Uh, we have to know how to ha- carry on these deep conversations, depending on what kind of job you're in, if you've gone through college, this and that. But, you know, people mature at different rates. And it's, again, like you said, if you can't love them now, you need to reevaluate. Yeah. Because likely chances are y'all are going to end up maturing together, and you're both going to eventually see. Yeah, hopefully you'll mature together. Yeah, and then that's the idea. And if you don't, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, really good check on your relationship, whether you're maturing. And you know, the sweet fact of the matter is, is that if you love her the way that she needs to be loved, then she will mature in ways that she needs to mature. And if she respects you in the way that you need to be respected, mm-hmm. you will mature in the ways that you need to mature. Well, and that... that kind of goes into that last little point here. I was you about to here. say, thank you for picking that up. I, I will know. say... I just, like, um, ate some cigar. If we want to... We, um, we, we could skip over nine if we wanted to, because <laughs> we did talk about that last time. Well, nine... nine humorously nine is a bridge to 10. Yeah. It's yeah, a very okay, good well, bridge go to ahead, 10. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, but we're going to take a break right here we'll and really we're right just going to carry up our last section here in just a minute. 
<coughs> oh, excuse God. me. I wasn't prepared for that. We're back. Oh, are we really? <laughs> oh, what did I say? <laughs> well, we're back now as I introduced everybody to my coughing. Oh, well. Um, yeah, we're back. Yeah, so uh, point nine, humility. A man of obvious humility. Now yes. that, you know, that kind of goes with literally everything we were talking about. Um, and that's a character that I like to look at in people. Absolutely. Because I I don't handle, and I guess let me back up. Everyone knows I'm in sales. You know, my life revolves around the crowd of people that salespeople are in general is a crowd of people that likes to be better than the best, and they don't like any of theirs to stink. You know, um, salespeople are generally some of the braggiest crowd. And I've been around like bull riders, bronc riders, and you think those guys have an ego. Those guys don't even, they can still fit through the door. (laughs) You know? So the the crowd of people that I'm with on a regular basis is some of the most egotistical people that you're ever going to meet. Now, does that mean all salespeople are like that? No. I'm not. I look at that and that just is distasteful to me. And so when I see that, that's generally one of the first qualities I like to look for in someone is how humble are they? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want you to come and tell me about your three Ferraris that are sitting in Florida in your garage. You know, great. It would make a lot, it would be a lot more fun conversation if I had three Ferraris sitting in my garage. And you knew that, and then we had a conversation about it, but you're just telling me what you got. But it does nothing for me, and I don't think it's very tactful. Yeah. And it doesn't show, it doesn't tell me a lot about you. In fact, it, it gives well, me kind of one of those it negative does, viewpoints. It does, but not, not in a positive way. Exactly, it does. It makes me kind of resent the fact that I'm having this conversation now. <laughs> and so a lesson of humility is something that we all need to have, I think, as a regular treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good, and my wife is great at doing it, sometimes maybe not at the greatest times, but... She definitely does a good job of reminding me when I do start edging too big for the door. Yeah. That, and, uh, um, you know what? Didn't you do that last week? And that seems kind of counterproductive to your argument. I'm going, I mean, you're right. You're supposed right. to mention that later. You're right. right you're right. I need to be <laughs> thinking a little more, you know, humble about this. And What I've noticed is that this humility deal it's across <laughs> the board. It's humility deal. It's yeah. across the board. You've it got is. to, like, you see people who are incredibly wealthy. They have a lot that they can brag about. Yeah. Money, stuff. You know, because when you have lots of money, you can get lots of cool stuff, you know. See somebody who's just like, you know, I've got, you know, oh, just for example, I have all of these things that were owned by... John Wayne, or, you know, signed by John Wayne, or blah, 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 blah. I knew John <laughs> Wayne. I met John Wayne. John Wayne's this kind of way, that kind of way, you know? Yeah, you're hitting this one real home, aren't you? Well, you never <laughs> met John Wayne. I don't think. Did you? Huh? Did you meet, meet John Wayne? I didn't, but I've owned several things. I've met, met some, other, I met some other people who had. And they that was, like, the only thing they talked about. And I could tell that it was kind of a point of pride, because it's kind of like, you know... Um. They definitely took pride in it, and they always talked about it. It's like they had nothing else to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, when you have lots of money, you can afford things 
that other people who are celebrities or wealthy or whatever, you know, you can afford things that they had or whatever. And so you can relate to people who are on a higher level or whatever. But, you know, you're taking pride in that stuff. Now, you hear that and it's like, okay, well, he's very proud about this. He could be like, you know, I have a Aston Martin parked right back there, you know. Could be really proud about that, you know. But if you meet somebody who has no money or hardly any money or very little value, they can be just as prideful. Sometimes in an opposite way where I don't have anything and I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. Or they could also be like, um, you know, uh, what little they have, they're overly boastful or proud about it. Or what few qualities they have, they're overly boastful or proud about it. And so this pride, it goes from rich to poor. It's not, it's a... It's, it's a very way across of the board. It's not what you have; it's your views about it. And and, and a good point because you brought this up. It also depends on who you are and what's important to you, right? Because, mm -hmm. like for me, over the years, I've been very blessed to meet quite a number of celebrities. A lot of it is just by pure happenstance. Mm -hmm. It was not me. I did not buy a ticket. To go meet Willy Wonka. Mm -hmm. I, this is a lot of it's pure happenstance, and so for me, I don't go around telling everybody that. Like yeah. my wife, constantly, I'll have a conversation. Somebody will bring up somebody, and I'm like, "Yeah, I met him several years back. Cool guy." Uh, Allie looks at me and goes, "What? Why? Why am I just now finding out about this?" I'm like, that "Really doesn't it's matter. Not a big deal, you know. You know, it really doesn't matter. Like, it was probably." A month, a month and a half ago, she found out I met Steve Martin. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, why haven't you told me that? Doesn't matter. He's not a person that likes to be met because most people come up to him. In a, I've always heard he was rude, mm -hmm. like very rude and distasteful. And I met him in a coffee shop. He was getting coffee. I was getting coffee. I just said, hey, I'd never been in there before. He clearly was a regular because he had one of the card things. And I said, what do you recommend? He told me what he recommended. I shook his hand. I said, good to meet you. We walked on. Our life was both like it was over. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask him for an autograph. I didn't ask him to sign my baby. You know, there was, it was just, hey, what do you recommend? Good to meet you. I like your movies. Boom. We're gone. Yeah. It was, it was nothing. What else was there to be said? Yeah. Did I need to follow him to his car and take a picture? That's why he doesn't like people. Yeah. You know, it's a good example. Me, I just, that, he's another person. Yeah, but, but some exactly. people value that to the point where they want to hang that on the wall. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I don't see, I don't see any any point in that. Now, side note, I am very proud of the guitars I have, and I will gladly show them off to anybody that comes to my house if they ask. You know, um, John Wayne artifacts, which is why I laughed at this. <laughs> is funny. I was Stuart, about Stuart you. I wasn't intending to like you know. Uh, that was that was a point of of pride that I I had for many years. Is you know I have signed stuff from John like John Wayne touched this. You know this was a very so I can understand that point of this is what I have. Um, that's what mattered more to me. I'm I'm a John Wayne fanatic, and so well you know what's funny is um, you know um, Caroline and I went out to Las Vegas a little while back, right? Um, and while we were there, we met. Jim Caviezel, who I think that he's a really cool guy to meet, you know, and whatever you think of him as an actor or whatever, he is a fantastic man, and um, I think he is a, probably a lot more proud 
of the things that he has done um, for like ending sex trafficking and child trafficking and stuff like that than he is for his you know cinematogra- uh, cinematography you know his acting and stuff like that um, but he's just an incredibly humble guy um, and he was a neat guy to meet now when I told William about this, he was like, oh my gosh, that's freaking awesome. Wow, that's cool. And he was telling somebody else that I had met Jim Caviezel and that I have a picture of me with Jim Caviezel. And how cool is that? And I was like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, it is pretty cool. And he was like, hey, Stuart, can you send me that picture? Somebody doesn't believe that you had a, that you, you went to see Jim Caviezel or something like that. And I was kind of like, I might have a picture somewhere. I'll see if I can find it, you know. And I start scrolling through my pictures, and I find two pictures. One is a picture of Caroline behind Jim Caviezel. And then another picture of Caroline behind Jim Caviezel with lesser quality. So I was like, no, I don't actually have a picture of me with Jim Caviezel. And we was just kind of like, oh. Oh, okay. You know, I'm just like, I'm big deal. And my problem is, is like when I meet somebody who I know is kind of a celebrity of kinds, I'm like... I don't treat them the same as I would treat somebody that I met at the bar. You know what I mean? Oh, I totally it's kind, of, it's kind of like because I know who they are, and so I start stumbling over myself, and, you know, it's, I don't know. Anyway. Um, Probably the cool, starts clouds you know, a little bit. You, you look back, like, a bit. I, I try to, I try to be down to earth. I try to treat them same. just like, just like the person at the brewery. I tried one, to. One of the coolest to. ones that, that I've ever met, you know, was Bailey Chase. And there's very few people who know who Bailey Chase is by name. Look him up. Played in Longmire for years. He just happened. There was a family. I'm not even going to go into it because it's unnecessary. Um, family connection to where I was working at the time. He came in. And what my, my, what was funny was I like he walked past me and I was just like, wow. He looks oddly like Bailey Chase. No, I didn't even know him by name at that point. Oh, I mean, I was just like, oh, he, he looks oddly like Branch from Longmire. I went about my day. My my day did not like stop over this. Um, I came back in to the office working a deal, and um, somebody made a comment about a Longmire joke, and I was going, oh, somebody else saw that too. Ha ha! And I kind of jabbed into their funny, and they go. No, that is Branch from Longmire. And I was like, oh. Well, that's good because he looked an awful lot like him. <laughs> um, and so I walked in. I, I just, everybody at this point was fanboying. That The whole dealership was. I was like, this is. How'd you like to be that guy? I, I didn't. And so I walked in. And because everybody was like, it was almost like everybody just needs to meet him. And I walked in, I made the best joke, and he just, it took him a second, because it, 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 like, it was one of those, I said it real quick, and then, you know, good to meet you, and he asked if I wanted a picture, and I said, no, I'm not putting you through that. Like, I just want to shake your hand, say, hey, congratulations on the car, yada, yada, small talk. You know, his wife was getting a new car, boom. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I walked up, and I said, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, you are Branch, right? <laughs> and he, like... He took him a second. He was like, oh, that was quick. And I said, eh, not so quick. I worked on it for five minutes. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we joked around good. for a minute. And it's like, hey, congratulations on the car. It's good to meet you. You know, 
yada yada. And I walked out. Oh, that was really cool because he was he was very like set back, but like well done. It was well kind of like it didn't stop though. I've, I I don't go around telling everybody hey, I'm at Daily Chase. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. You could have told me, and I would have been like, who? Exactly. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter. And so that's why, like, I was trying to tell Allie the other day that I kind of think it's cool to meet these people, but at the end of the day, they're just people. Yeah, they're just they're just people. like you. They're just like me. Yeah, you know, and well, I mean, going back to the they have a different job, we, sure. Going back to the guy that we've been talking to about, uh, talking about a lot, um, uh, Anthony Oliver. Did I get it right? Yeah, Oliver Anthony. <clears throat> Is it Oliver, Oliver Anthony. Oliver Anthony. Okay. Yeah, you got it right. I stopped. I'm okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I didn't know you needed the additional. I keep seeing stuff about him now because everybody's still talking about him. And the more that I see about him, the more that like the more he says publicly, it's all like, guys, leave me alone. Like he's very humble. Just like, please stop talking about me. Don't care about my political standing. Go be friends with the people around you, make good relationships. You know, that's the stuff that I really care about. Leave yeah. me alone. Like, I'm doing well with music. I hope you enjoy it. But just do that. Like, I'm just a guy, okay? You know? And that's respectable. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, all this fame stuff, I'm not for it. I don't want it. It's not what I wanted. I just wanted to make music, and apparently I made it big. But, like, just, like, go about your lives. I'm nobody special. I just wrote a cool song. Leave it alone, you know. And it's like, yeah, I I understand that, you know. Yeah, you know, you um if you are humble like that, the limelight doesn't appeal to you. No. And and I think that's um that's honorable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, very much is. But would you uh would you read to us the last one cuz this is Last point, and sure. then we'll close. Absolutely, with that. I wanted to read one last thing on man of uh, obvious humility. Yeah, for sure. Um, in this uh, site that we found it on, it references uh, verse six of First Timothy three, and it says, uh, "I think this is about uh, you know an overseer and elder um, in good. a church." It says he must not be a recent convert, which that's wise, mm-hmm. because if you're a recent convert, then you don't know as much as somebody who's been a Christian for years. You know, mm-hmm. you could be all fired up, but you might not know the correct information either. You know, it takes a little while to get mature in the faith. You know, just kind of like the equivalent of sending a newbie out on the exactly. sales floor. Yeah, you don't. You, know, you wouldn't. Do he that. may be really happy, and he may bring a lot of people in. But how much product knowledge do you have? Exactly. How much actual yeah. people knowledge do you have? Um, I can relate to that. Yeah. I've seen so it that. says he must not be a recent convert. Or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. And see, that's... And so, you know, it's easy to get proud because, you know, I came to Christ, I did this, I did that. Mm -hmm. Well, those are things, that's the way that it feels. You know, when you become a Christian, it's like, I found Christ. When you become mature in the faith, you really learn... Christ found me, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so it says he must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit, which is not humility, and fall into the condemnation of the devil. And, you know, you don't want that, you know, so you want humility. You want somebody who's more, more mature in the faith. 
because it is really easy to get puffed up. It is. You know, to get, um, to be on fire for God, you know. That's what a lot of people say, is, you know, you be on fire for God. And it's not a bad thing, but if you are immature in the faith, then you're just going to burn up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? and, and, that, and that's what makes, like, people like my new sales manager, Joe, very respectable, is because... He has been offered that position probably five times mm -hmm. over the nine years he's been there. And <clears throat> this is the first time he's accepted, clearly. But you can still see, like, the word, this is my manager. You can see, like, that's a touch of, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like the way that tastes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Please don't say it again. <laughs> Just, just call me Joe, and and he'll readdress it that way. He's like, I'm new on the sales floor, and I just I don't like it yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a boyager, not a manager. Yeah, yeah, don't maybe know, a teenager. I'm I'm here to help, and 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 it just goes to continue to show me just how humble that man is. Like yeah. to the point where, yeah, he knows he has a leadership role and he has a job to do. He's not used to it yet. This is not his. He and he knows that, you yeah. know, and it's it's very honorable. It's good that you know where you are and who you are and what you need to be. You know? Um. Okay. So yeah, your question is about the the last the one. Last Ten. One. A man who has the right kind of wife. Oof. And that's now it does reference First Timothy. Now, from a president's standpoint, this is also very very important. Yeah. Because. You will often find in most in most relationships, the wife has a lot more to say than just sitting there looking pretty. Oh, I've got I things had, to say about that. I was about to say, I have. I had an old cowboy friend of mine, and he's passed on, so I haven't talked to him in years. But he, uh, he's a good... He was one of those in the shoot, you know, 65 years old, still running shoots, tough guy. And we were talking one day, and I, I think I had made this really, really, really um, naive statement about mm. somebody's wife. Yeah. And it was probably something like, she's really nice. He must not be as bad as we think he is. <laughs> and it was somebody in the community, and he said, Brig, just remember, he may be the head of that house, but his wife is the neck. Uh-huh. And she dictates the way, the which way it moves. I was like, okay, I know nothing. <laughs> That's what he said. He was like, she's the neck, and she will dictate which way that head moves. <laughs> and there's a lot like, of truth to that. I was like, That's scary true. And it's important. Yeah. And that goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier. It's important who you get into a relationship with. Oh, very true. And how you intend to move on with that together because once you decide to jump on that ship you're both on the ship you know y'all aren't in two separate ships right you're in one ship now if y'all are going to continue to argue about who's in control there's a problem you should probably find that out before yeah for uh, sure and, and oftentimes it's a lot harder if you have to learn that along the way oftentimes men don't we are stubborn and hard-headed at nature and we fall into that Lust factor. Oh, yeah. Oh, she likes me. She loves me. It's like we go around picking roses. She likes me. She loves me. 
You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she loves me. She loves me not. That's what it is. Yeah, she loves yeah. Me, she loves me. me she loves me not. Right. Life is not that way. Um. Yeah. So again, <laughs> man has a right kind of wife. You know, they reference here First Timothy three eleven. Again, this is talking about deacons and how they should be, or elders, elders, how elders should be. And it says, uh, it says, let the, uh, their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Um, and so for that, it's like, oh, wow. Dignified, not slanderers, sober-minded, faithful in all things. Honestly, talking about presidents, you know who's first lady I keep thinking about when I read this verse? Can you say Melania? I know. Trump. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she, she was the most dignified, classy. classy. Like, she, she didn't actually say that much. But everything she said was meaningful. She was kind. I would say very sober-minded, faithful. She didn't seem like a slanderer of any kind. And dignified is exactly how I would describe her. And she didn't, you know, she did not present herself as a loose woman. No. You know. And on top of that, you know, she had a lot of things that she did, but she didn't try to, like, usurp the presidency like a lot of first wives do. Or, you know, they, they, they get in their mind that they have to be, you know, I'm the first I'm the, the first lady, so, you know, I have to have all these programs that I do and this, that, and the other, and you know, we're going to do all this and that. And I'm just like, you know, that's not really necessary. Your job is to just be the wife of the president. Like, right. you know, um, a lot of them take that position uh, and try to gain a whole bunch of authority through it. And it's not really necessary, you know. Nor is it desired. Nor is it desired. Yeah, it's just become a busybody. Um, but no, when I think of a, when I think of a dignified uh, first woman, I really think of Melania. Mm -hmm. You know, she was perfect. Yeah. You know, um, and so anyway, that's just my thought on that. Well, that is that's all I had. That was part two in a nutshell. So, would you like to go ahead and pray us out? I'd love to. Yeah, let's pray. Great God in heaven, we love you and we thank you for your word and we thank you for your truth. And uh, we thank you for all the, the leaders, uh, the Christian leaders that you have put before us. Lord, we have an entire Bible for, uh, full of examples of good and bad leaders. And we pray that like your Bible says, like your word says, that we would uh, keep the good and get rid of the bad. I pray, Lord, that we would take on um, every example that you give of a good Christian leader, that we would be good leaders in our own homes, that we would train up good leaders in our children, that we would be good examples of leaders to those around us, and that any of those that are under our authority, um, whether it's in the workplace or at the home or in public, uh, that we would be a good example of a Christian leader. And I pray that we would indeed um, be above approach, uh, have unquestioned moral integrity, spiritual discipline, grace, be generous-hearted and hospitable, teachable, uh, and treat money well and have a right attitude towards it. Pray that we would manage our families well, 
that we would be mature in the spirit, uh, be humble, and Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much, Brig and I specifically, for our wonderful wives. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, bless our wives who are the mothers of our children. And uh, we just pray, Lord, that you would be with us. Be with our listeners. We thank you for them. And we pray that we would do uh, great things for Christ and for his kingdom. And that you would praise your holy name through this podcast that we're doing. Uh, Bless it. Bless us. And be with us, Lord. It is in Christ's name that we come before you today and pray. Amen. Amen. And with that, hold on. I about dropped the phone there. Hold on. We're about to close really good now. And with that, we say adios. adios.